If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. What is going on, everybody? Man, do we have a lot to talk about. We're talking the Lakers. Yes, they defeated my heat, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get me wrong. I am upset. But the Lakers are champions. Dak Prescott. Man, do you feel for him. And we're going to talk the rest of the NFL as well. But let me start it out with a question. What's better than 24? 25? 25! Episode 25, ladies and gentlemen! Oh. <laughs> Mark. Let's get it. What's going on, brother? Um, was really confused with the 24-25. You know, SpongeBob SquarePants reference in it. Okay, but uh, yes, it was a very eventful weekend slash week last week for all of sports. Uh, you already said it, the Los Angeles Lakers now have tied the most NBA championships in a franchise to my Boston Celtics. And... I have a lot to say about this, but they played well. They played as the better team in that game, uh, game six. So, it's, I mean, it's plain as day. Yeah, I mean, now, don't get me wrong. I've got, I've got still a lot of positives to say on the side of Miami. I mean, they played two games without their two arguably top three, two of their top three players. I, I mean, I would say hands down, honestly, unless you want to throw Tyler Hero in there. But – um, for them to take the late, they were the only team to take the Lakers more than five games, which honestly, not sure if anyone expected that after how the first two games went and with the injuries that stock, uh, stacked up on the Miami side. Um, but Jimmy Butler, for him to come out and prove that he is uh, capable of being the number one on a, on a team on the biggest stage in the game, like it, it's, it was really impressive. But at the end of the day, it goes to Laker Nation. Like you said, they tied the Boston Celtics for the most uh, most titles in a franchise is history. It's, it's, it's remarkable. The fact that it's a team that is led by, yet again, another dynamic duo, which is similar to other Lakers franchises we've seen in the past. So Shaq and Kobe. Um, obviously, winning it for Kobe is a big thing. Um, LeBron, I mean, I'm sure, obviously, that's big for my arguments on his side of the GOAT debate. Anthony Davis gets his first ring. It it's a it was a crazy week, but it, there's a lot to cover. A lot to cover, and I want to start off with covering about that Miami Heat team. Um, we just had this special interview with Nolan Tool. We're talking about being that dude, and now Jimmy Butler has now erupted into the superstar of being that dude. And with that being said, he's going to be a player that can draw other players to a great franchise. Now, Miami's had success. I mean, they got, you know, Chris Bosh, LeBron, and then when Dwayne Wade was there, like, they can get people to come to their team. And now I've been hearing rumors that they are going all out for Giannis. And if Giannis goes to the Heat, that would be scary because they have Dragic, Hero, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, and Bam. That is one scary lineup. Going on to your point, yes, I think Hero is your third best player for the Miami Heat. I think Bam's a definite number two, and Hero is going to be a scary guy. Kind of some uh, sights of a Clay Thompson and Ray Allen kind of shooter, kind of mentality, kind of player. So I'm really excited to see what Tyler Hero will do in the future, as I am a big fan of him. But uh, the Miami Heat, the Miami Hustlers, uh, have a bright future, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here in the East moving forward 
Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Next year, there's going to be some new obstacles, some new faces that'll show back up again that we honestly haven't really seen in a while. Um, that, for me, I'm talking about the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving and uh, possible Kevin Durant because I'm sure one day we'll talk about that. But who's who's to say that he'll return to form? We're we're just gonna, we'll see on that. But um, there, obviously, if Giannis still with the Bucks, if he ends up staying there. There, there's still going to be competition in the East. The Miami Heat had an incredible run that was in the bubble. So next year, I don't know, you could take into account the fact that you have to play actual road games. Um, that would be – obviously, I hope that's what happens next year. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of positives to take. I'm not even necessarily sure that we would need someone like Giannis. I mean, I'm not sure I can necessarily agree with you on that. I Don't get me wrong. If we got Giannis, you know, I'm going to get on this podcast – jumping for joy going crazy because who wouldn't want someone like Giannis down low and we have the people outside to spread the floor who who really could guard that team at that point like you're spreading it around almost looking like the Golden State Warriors with KD like I mean it's it's intense if you think about somebody like that but I don't think we necessarily need them I think do we need maybe one more at least cow like like solid player like a Tyler here, like a Duncan Robinson, somebody that can stretch the floor, maybe somebody that can shoot, maybe even like a Bradley Beal in free agency. Um, just, just some, just another scoring option, just to get make it even more difficult for teams to cover us. But um, like I said, for them to even take the Lakers to six games to make it a series when people thought that it was definitely over after the first two games, um, definitely excited about our future as a fan of the Miami Heat um, moving forward. A lot of those things you did key on. Uh, I agree. I don't think they really need Giannis, but, I mean, it would be an addition. It's kind of like, oh, if we don't get him, it's okay. But if we get him, like, oh, it's okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm really – I'm excited to see what Miami does here in the free agency because now they are kind of the team to beat in the East, obviously, because they're ECF champs. And a lot of they're going to have to do, and they're going to bounce back phenomenally after, you know, this experience they had in the bubble. And now I'm going to flip sides to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, uh, the positives I take, the things I enjoyed was seeing Rajon Rondo get another ring and seeing Dwight Howard get a ring because he is one who definitely deserves it as being once upon a time carrying the Orlando Magic team with Jameer Nelson and Hito Turkoglu and J.J. Redick. I think he was on the team at the time Mm -hmm. uh, to the finals and losing to the Spurs, I'm pretty sure. But uh, and just seeing him finally, you know, success winning is I like seeing a smile on his face. So that for that part, I'm happy. And seeing Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is the first person to ever win a FIBA championship, U.S. gold medal, NBA championship, and an NCAA March Madness championship. Yeah, that's I mean that's a crazy stat line right there. Honestly, I didn't I didn't even add that one up, but um. Yeah, I mean, what do you say? I mean, they're the champs. Like, regardless if people want to try and put an asterisk on it, I will not be one of those people. I know that while we do our things like playing in other teams' arenas with fans and everything like that makes a difference, obviously. But I also think it makes a big difference to where you can't leave a specific area for 90-plus days to where you can't see your family, to where you can't – you have to get tested, to where obviously I don't think they're getting – like horrible food or anything. I'm sure they're still getting top of the line amenities. We saw they have stuff like water parks and good things going on. Like obviously it was good in there, but these are still multimillionaires. Um, and some of them even more than that. And I'm sure that for their standards, it was definitely a big ch- culture shock and, and change for them. So 
Um, it's it was different by everybody's standards. Everybody had to deal with the same scenarios, and some people, even like the Lakers, like Avery Bradley, didn't even play for them. I mean, yeah, yeah. they placed him with J.R. Smith, but did he really do anything? Like I'm like. It, it was impressive, their playoff run. And to see LeBron James, yes, at 35 years old, still be able to lead a team, almost still average a triple-double in the finals, to get his fourth finals MVP, um, to make a jersey. I mean, like, it's it's a good – it was a really good run for the Lakers. And obviously it's a big step historically, tying the Celtics, which I know probably has a – you're a little bit salty about, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but – um. It's 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 remarkable what the franchise has done, what LeBron has done at his age, what the supporting cast was able to do. Because there's people like Caruso and Dwight Howard, like you mentioned, who like Caruso would have never been given a shot in some other places. Uh, Dwight Howard, everyone thought he was washed up and done. He comes back and reinvents himself, finds himself a solid role. Rajon Rondo comes out and proves that he still is a killer, cold blooded killer when it comes down to it. Like I mean, playoff Rondo. So. Um, Interested to see how they keep the team together or if they try to add more pieces. And obviously, I think next year they're going to have some more competition coming out of the West as well. Um, it'll be Westbrook and Harden's second year together. We're going to see the Golden State Warriors back in contention for sure. I definitely believe that. Um, we're also going to see the Portland Trailblazers, the Denver Nuggets, the Jazz. Like the West is always going to be stout, um, as always. And then, of course, the Clippers, who now had their new head coach and Tyron Lue. So we're gonna. it's going to be interesting to see what happens next year. But for now, props to the Lakers. They're the champs. I'm not going to take anything away from them when it comes to that. And it's as for to me, it's just another step to proving why he is what he is. But for other people, hopefully closes that gap in the MJ debate. A lot to kind of recap there of what you were just saying. And, yes, it definitely helps out the GOAT debate. You know, we're talking about that a little bit. And I'm not going to put an asterisk on this because if my Boston Celtics would have won it, I wasn't going to put one on it. And like you said, it is takes a lot for you not to go back home to do this, to get back into your normal routine, and to stay in somewhere for 90-plus days. And I totally give credit to all the people who made it, the zero positive tests for the NBA bubble. Like, that's awesome to see. And I don't think there's an asterisk. I know we kind of talked about it. I was kind of on the fence for it. But I think even with LeBron winning, I'm not going to give it an asterisk. I think it I'm so proud cycle. of you, Ricky. Yeah, I'm, so I'm just looking at it from the, you know, uh, outside <laughs> in and just seeing, like, I wouldn't, you know, disagree with it. All but right. the two big things is Anthony Davis opt out, opted out and now is going to re-sign with the Lakers. So he's there for another good four years or so. Mm-hmm. And LeBron James is coming out with this. Michael Jordan type of mentality. Give me my dang respect. I want this. And he's he's looking like really not LeBron-like. And it's kind of really cool to interest. Like, where's this killer mentality? And I love seeing it right now, Zizzy. I'm going to tell you. LeBron is becoming this, like, I'm going to get more. I'm going to get this. He told AD during the celebration, hey, never satisfied. We got work to do. Uh, work to do? Homie, you just won your fourth title. Like, enjoy it. But he already saying, like, we're going back to work. We're going back to back. And uh, that's definitely what the Lakers um, tradition is, you know, go back to back and whatnot. But uh, he is ready. He's focused. He has this different mentality. And I'm actually kind of concerned because this is going to make him really good. I'm not hopping on any LeBron train. Don't get me wrong. 
but I'm liking his mentality and it's making me scared for other NBA teams. I got two takes on that, honestly. One, you know, the biggest thing that I think that a lot of people, honestly, because I don't think that you can really argue stats either way. Like, yeah, you can argue, like, uh, records and things like that. But, like, when it comes down to it, Michael Jordan and LeBron James, statistically, to me, still just, like, every every category that's their one, two, top five, top ten, yeah. everything. So I don't think you it's the stats that separate them. But for a lot of people, it was the fact that MJ had this stone cold killer mentality if you if he's making it to the championship he's he's cutting you up and he's taking the and he's taking the ring with like he he, he's not losing and when it comes down to it if it had to be who's going to have the ball in his hand in the last second situation no matter what who's taking that shot who's not shying away yeah it's mj and so i've always credited people that i understand that lebron early in his career shied away from shots like that and he didn't have that mentality and he got Ridiculed a lot, but it's not about what you have at first. Once you learn something, it's about how you apply it at that point. He went to Miami and learned how to become a champion from Pat Riley, from Dwayne Wade, learned how to start developing that mentality. Goes back to Cleveland, wins a championship, and now, like you said, he's starting to show it. He's saying, Yeah, I hear all the talk, whatever else, but I want my damn respect. And so he's coming out, and I tell you what, if he continues to take an approach like that, and says, like, yeah, I want four rings, whatever else, but, like, people still think that they can doubt me. I don't know. We, we've seen what happens when LeBron James starts feeling like he's in, backed into a corner or starts having people thinking against him or doubting him. Like he's, He gets that look in his eye. He's he bending over and gives you the LeBron stare. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the stare game against the Celtics back in the day. Like, he's got that look in his eye. He's trying to – he's going in for the kill. Um, and now we're sitting here talking about, like, possibility of a repeat and we are looking at how he got upset with the MVP voting how it ended his comments with that towards Giannis like yeah it still seems like he's the champ but he isn't satisfied and it is kind of different to see that because I personally thought that LeBron would be the one to maybe take a step back right here and be like look at what I was able to actually do and like relish in the fact that this is Kobe's moment too and his legacy and all that but no I agree with you that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if he continues to embody that type of mentality um, moving forward. Not to say he didn't have it before, but he's just really starting to exempt, uh, show exemplary like actions with it. Um, two is I, I don't know, Mickey. I, I I feel like I feel like I I see the tide turning. Get, what happens if he wins again next year? Are we gonna? Am I gonna see a change in the guard? Are you Are you gonna join over here? Oh, never. No. Let me rephrase that. I will not say never, but I'm not going to lean. I will reevaluate. So it depends what he does. You know, say, if, you know, the team wins and he has a subpar season, which, you know, is tough for LeBron to do. Then no. But if he has like another spectacular season, he does this, he does that MVP. I mean, I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to lean. Okay. All right. Hey, you heard it here, folks, ladies and gentlemen. He's not leaning, but he's leaning. I'm not. But <laughs> I do have one more kind of say about the new NBA champions, that being the Los Angeles Lakers. They are definitely going to be the favorites for next year. LeBron's back in his stride. Anthony Davis is showing, like, hey, give me one superstar. I can go win a ring as well. 
So they're going to have a target on their back. And I am really interested to see if they get a big name free agency, a big name free agent to join them into making that duo into a big three. Um, I'm really uh, interested to see if Kuzma stays. I wonder if they'll kind of, you know, shop him around and whatnot because he wasn't too much. I'm very interested in this, what they're going to do. Uh, shoot, I wish we were playing 2K right now. And like, all right, I just won the title. Who am I going to go move around and try to make my team even better than what it was? So I'm really excited to see what the Los Angeles Lakers do, even though they won the championship. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's I'll take that. It's remarkable to hear you say it as a Celtics fan. I, I applaud you. I'll give you the credit here, Mickey. Oh, yeah, and I'm not saying I want them to do that, you know. And I'm, I'm just calling to the facts. I'm seeing what I would really like to see. And, like, Celtics had to go do the same thing, you know. We need that one more, you know, just stone-cold killer. I think Kemba is great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's as hyped up to be. And I think, you know, like I said in early episodes, we just need that one other dude. I don't know if it's, like, a big-time center, just, like, kind of like an Andre Drummond, just go get rebound kind of dude or what. And, I mean, that's what the Lakers also have to figure out as well. Yeah, exactly. But – any user, uh, I believe. Are you, are you good on the NBA for now? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. All right. So we do have some coaching changes, some other things. I'm sure we'll get back to. I know at some point we'll revisit the big baller brand with Lamella Ball coming out. Signing with and Puma. Yeah, signing with Puma. Who needs the shoes? That's all about me. Um, it's going to be a new mellow in town. Not even talking current. So um, it's going to be. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll talk about some other NBA topics moving forward. But let's get to the week five NFL recap. Uh, let's talk about some games. Uh, where do you want to start? Or do you want to even start with the more serious topic of this week? I do want to start with the most serious topic, and that being Dak Prescott. Yeah, now, my when I was watching it, first off, Tony Romo was saying, oh, but that must be a cramp. Sorry, Tony Romo. You're on the hot seat, man. I think you should uh, really evaluate uh, – <laughs> Some things there, my guy, but uh, that was such a disgusting injury. It was a compound fracture, too, so the bone was sticking out. Yeah. Like, and he got surgery, you know, whatever. And I just feel so bad. And talking about Dak, it just breaks my soul because he was having such a good season. He was being that elite quarterback, 450 yards plus, looking like Madden numbers out there. Yep. And now he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt here. For when it's contract time, he's getting another franchise tag. They might try to ship him just because of this, you know, gruesome injury that he had no control over. And he was trying to make a play for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I'm hurt because now it's going to affect his contract talk and whatnot. And Dak's the real deal. I'm sorry. He is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. And I just hate to really see it. Yeah. And I mean, to me, there's a lot more to it than just somebody's like injury because to me, it like, it was. It also is a team dynamic. Like, I know that it gets played up in media and stuff, but it does matter when it comes to like how ownership and how management treats a player. And he's been having all these contract uh, talk issues, and people are talking about: or is he getting screwed over, or stabbed in the back, or is he not getting paid what he's worth? Because by the numbers, he's a very solid starting quarterback, top five, if I remember by the numbers. Um, yep. But. Like he deserves, he deserves to get that money. And now, in a contract year where he's betting on himself and taking the franchise tag, he's going to have a compound fracture. I mean, I again, I'm with you, Tony Romo. You are the best analyst <laughs> I've seen step in the booth for a long time. But that man's foot was backwards. Like it was absolutely 
the moment he rolled over, anybody watching knew exactly what just happened. And for him to just like, like obviously we know about the issues that he's been dealing with mentally in the past, uh, recently with his brother passing, um, dealing with personal struggles, and then like the to see the desperation on Dak Prescott's face as he's trying to fix a dangling ankle, like oh. it was gonna, like it was going to fix itself and he was going to be able to walk away from it, like. And to just see how much emotion comes out of somebody when they're in that type of situation, it's horrible. And, I mean, I've seen it from people around me. I mean, anybody that goes through a tragic injury, I mean, you you were one of them. <laughs> anybody that goes through it, it it's, it's heartbreaking to watch on the sidelines, let alone what it's going through um, their head personally. So I feel for the guy. Uh, he posted videos today saying he's okay, that he's in good spirits, go Cowboys, but – I don't know. Also, what's going to happen moving forward? I hate to say it, but it's not like Andy Dalton's a horrible quarterback. And don't get me wrong, I don't think he's better than Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott's facing a very serious injury that it's hard to come back and say that he's going to be the exact version of himself. Also, Andy Dalton is an all-pro quarterback that now has a really honestly solid offense around him that he didn't have when he was in Cincinnati. So... I don't know. Could would the, could the injury really be the end of Dak in Dallas? That's what I worry about moving forward as well. No, you hit the nail right on the head here, Mister Zizzy. Is that his time's over? Because Andy Dalton is a veteran, you know, quarterback. He could be a starting quarterback for a lot of other franchises around. And I just hate to see you know Dak's face. And that's the big thing else I want to talk about. You saw that picture of him. You can see in his eyes, his eyes and his facial expression that. His season is done. I have felt that pain. I remember myself. You just know when it happens. When he has his dangling leg right there, he's like, my season's over. Like, oh, my soul. Like, that's the more hurting than the actual injury itself. I've yep. been there. And just I hate, hate, hate seeing other people go through it because I love watching Dak Prescott. I love watching him make plays, talking about him. Uh, he And I even tweeted about it, too. Like, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Dak Prescott fan. And just seeing that injury, it really crushes my soul. And hopefully Andy Dalton, you know, does ball. And, you know, Dak's wishing him the same thing so that his team can go on and win and do well uh, the rest of the year. But at the same time, like, you don't want him to do too well or else you're out of the job. And like you said, this injury is going to be a very, very tough comeback. But for this NFL quarterback with a lot on his shoulders now, his chip just grew so much more. He's going to come back with a lot of vengeance, and he's going to absolutely do amazing. Yeah. I mean, I I would hope he can. And I don't think – him being a quarterback, I guess, does help him because it's not necessarily the position that gets hit the most. Don't get me wrong, you're going to take hits and get sacked from time to time. But you're in the most protected position on the field. There's rules in place to protect them individually. Um, as long as he goes through the rehab and he's able to have full mobility and function with that ankle, then who knows? He could be right back to where he's supposed to be. But not will that be in Dallas? Who knows? We'll see that moving forward. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, I know they've been talking about they're going to, this is our quarterback. They've been saying all the right things ever since the injury. But I mean, it's the Cowboys. We never know what's going to happen there. But um, horrible injury, horrible instance. You never want to see it. But at the end of the day, they did still win the game. And Andy Dalton, against, even though it was against a poor opponent, it, it, it is still a win and maybe a step in the right direction. 
Yeah, talking about the game itself, it was a very poor opponent. The Cowboys, I mean, the Giants are struggling 0-5 and whatnot. So, uh, interesting to see what they do there. But the next game I want to talk about, which you already know where I'm going to go with, if you have nothing else to say about that. Start it. Don't start here. Oh, I am. Are we done talking about Dak? (gasps) Don't call the comeback. We've been here for years. Another... Another double-digit comeback for the Chicago Bears. Four and one. Everyone's saying that we're frauds. We're not a good NFL team. Four and one sounds pretty dang good to me. Beating Tom the Goat Brady with such an explosive offense. Khalil Mack was eating up the offensive line for Tampa, and the defense was looking great there towards the end, like towards after the first quarter. Nick Foles, sorry, I'm still not on his hype train. Bring back Mitch. Hashtag bring back Mitch. And wait, 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 Zizzy. A game-winning field goal? A field goal that goes in True. the Bears? Santos, is he our guy? I love Eddie <laughs> Pinheiro. Uh, get me excited for a little clutch time. PAT, I was in Applebee's watching this game, and I was, like, running around. People were like, who is this guy? But I was beyond excited for the Chicago Bears being 4-1 and one against a very good Bucks team. Yes. Uh, see, here's the part where I get to sit here and like tweak. Well, not even tweak because it is what I said, but I got to make sure that it's clarified. I said that the Bears were frauds as an unbeaten team. Okay. I don't think that they're a bad football team. Let's get that straight. I've also just said that Mitchell Trubisky was the issue for this team. And I still heavily believe that. Now, moving forward, like, yes, did the defense win this game? Yes, you kept an electric offense down to 19 points and were able to hold them there after they had already built a lead. Yes. Again, it's the defense that is the staple of this team, led by none other than, obviously, Cleo Mack. But for Nick Foles, I mean, I know that you're saying you're not too sold on him. Don't get me wrong. It was only one touchdown and one interception, but he was 30 for 42. He did have 250 yards. He did get the ball to the best player on the field for you guys, which, in my opinion, is our second. Yes. I mean, the that guy might have just some incredible stat lines by the end of this season now that Nick Foles has stepped in as the quarterback. But, um, yeah, I mean, I got to eat my words a little bit from last week, and I'm sure that you always enjoy it when it comes to your Bears. But did I expect them to beat the Buccaneers? No, not by a shot. And then, and I know you do because you think they're going to be 16 and 0 every year, but they came out and played. They played great defense. David Montgomery does what he needs to do. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like he ran for a ton, but he makes plays when he needs to. Nick Foles is a proven quarterback, maybe not necessarily as a full time starter, but he's he's a proven quarterback that I believe is a better option for them than Mitchell Trubisky. And then it's just the defense, just stacking up the box, still being able to cover in space. And the Chicago Bears are a solid four and one team. Yes, they are looking like a team that has very good, solid playoff potential. Hopefully, they can keep it up, and we'll see if Nick Foles can, if he just starts to develop more impressive stat lines. Then yes, the Bears become a very dangerous team. Now, it doesn't help that they have the Green Bay Packers in their division, no. but it does help that every uh, every conference gets an extra playoff uh, team this year. So, or is it, it might be even two extra spots. But either way, the Bears do look solid. I have to give you that. I do think, however, it's got to be Nick Foles' team moving forward. If- 
Yeah, just real quick, my last take on that. We still need a better running game. Running game. I love David Montgomery, but 29 yards. And a touchdown. Gotta that do better. And then uh, Allen Robinson is one of the best receivers in the league. Say I'm not. Go look at the stats. Another 10 reception game, 90 yards here today. Allen Robinson is that dude. He is our receiver. Extend A-Rob. And our defense is the lead. Yeah, I, I say that all the time. Defense leads us to our wins. So, I mean, that's plain as day. Absolutely. Now, since you want to talk about your Bears, obviously I got to come back and talk about the Finns. Finns up, Finns Nation. Everybody down here from the Sunshine State of Florida, don't you love watching an actual blowout win from Miami? Because when does that ever happen anymore? But for us to go against the defending Super Bowl, like NFC champs, like don't get me wrong, they're very banged up. They were injured. They don't have their starting quarterback in. They're missing receivers, and uh, it was most most of their first game back in two games. So, don't get me wrong. Not like we're playing the heart uh, an opponent at full strength, but for Fitzpatrick to continue to come out and prove that he can be a great transition quarterback, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Preston Williams starting to show career numbers with uh, 106 receiving yards. Like, I'm just happy to see that the Miami train has taken the steps into the right direction. And now we get the Jets this upcoming week to try and even us out at a 500 record. Oh, that's comeback, ladies and gentlemen. But we are competitive. The Miami Dolphins, like you said, Mr. Zizzi, have never been on this side of a blowout. So, I mean, I have to agree you must be feeling good. But the thing is, Mr. Yankovic, you played against San Francisco's JV team. And this is like any other high school or college where if you play their JV team, this will be the outcome. Now, granted, Fitzmagic was definitely dazzling against San Francisco and some of those other individuals that you were saying. And it sucks for me to say that about San Francisco and C.J. Beathard's from Iowa. And he low-key had a okay game, 94 oh. yards and a tutty. But uh, their run game is decent. It's not as good as what it was. And like you said, their receivers, granted, George Kittle, I think, is the best tight end, maybe besides Travis Kelsey, in the NFL. But then after that, who do they throw it to? Brandon Ayuk. Uh, yuck. I want to throw up in my mouth. Um, next, Kendrick Bourne, uh, born to be a backup. I'm kind of confused here. Not to hate on these NFL receivers. They're way better than me. They are probably meant to be in the NFL. But, I mean – those aren't household names, you know? That's not a George Kittle. That's not a Raheem uh, Morster, however you say his last name. Debo Samuel, I thought, would be a, more of a, a outcome than these dudes. So, I mean, maybe these guys will hopefully, you know, make me eat my words of, you know, giving little nicknames about their last names. But uh, they're definitely NFL receivers. But, like, that's not something to build a team around. Yeah, I, I mean – I would agree for something as far as San Francisco going on, but I'm just I'm excited on my side of things when it comes oh, to course. moving forward. Um, where do you want to go? Because I feel like I've got a couple interesting games to talk about. We could go Chiefs Raiders. I've got I kind of want to talk Browns Colts a little bit, maybe Vikings Seahawks. But what are you thinking? Okay, I do want to talk the Browns. All right. So we talked about them later. Talk about Odell having fun in our last episode. And now Cleveland Browns, 4-1, first time since 1994. Um, I was not even alive yet when they had this kind of start. And they beat a good Colts team, a good 3-2 and Colts team. And, I mean, 
I'm just looking here at the stats and Baker Mayfield two all right two interceptions two tutties two forty like that's a very average game, okay. Then you have you know Cream Hunt seventy two yards Dearness Johnson which I'm kind of excited for he's actually kind of decent had you know thirty yards as the second running back all right and those receivers we already know are ballers so this team can is scary good. Do I dare, dare do I say it? Granted, they're in a very tough division with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So when they get into conference play, Cleveland's really gonna have a rude awakening. But uh, Cleveland Browns aren't the Browns; they aren't the doormat like the Jets are. So we're gonna see where that program goes. Yeah, um, don't get me wrong. I have been really high on Baker Mayfield since he steps in the league. Um, I still think he's a great quarterback. I do believe he's the one to lead the Browns. But he's got to figure out how to limit some of those turnovers because, yeah, he, he throws for yards, he throws for touchdowns, but when you're turning the ball over, especially when you're going against quality opponents, that's what's going to be um, what comes back to bite you in the end. So if he gets that figured out, I believe that he can be elite. I mean, the man has so many commercials, you better be talented. So um, I, I, I think that he'll be able to step it up. But the Browns have an identity. And that's running the ball. Like Nick Chubb went out. Who cares? They've got Kareem Hunt. When Nick Chubb's in, he's going to go for 100 yards on his own. Like They have weapons at receiver. Odell and Jarvis are doing their thing. Austin Hooper's starting to show some signs of life in the tight end position. They, they have a very, very good team, and they're winning on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. Miles Garrett is playing at defensive MVP levels right now. He's playing incredible, and it's going to be – and look out. This week we got obviously the big one with them going against the Steelers and the rematch with all the drama from last year. Oh, but yeah. It's going to be exciting to see what happens this week because they, it is two quality teams going against each other with the Steelers and Browns. But the Browns are 4-1, and one, and they are actually looking serious. And while – we had all said that there was names on paper. They didn't do anything with that last year. So you didn't know what to expect, but let, alas, they're four and one. They know they have an identity on the ground, and they have a quarterback that's not handing away games right now. So, very, very interested to see what they can do moving forward. And I don't think that anybody can be an NFL fan and really just like hate on the Browns. Like I don't. <laughs> well, me personally, but I want to see the Browns do well until they play against a team, obviously, that I care about more. But like, I, I want to see the Browns play. So I hope they do, but we'll see what happens over here. The next week, first off, is uh, week six is going to be such a tough week. There's a lot of close games, and you said, you know, Cleveland is Pittsburgh. And this week will be a great opportunity to see if this Cleveland Browns team is going to stay legit. And are, will this Cleveland Browns team give Pittsburgh slash Baltimore a run for the money at that division title? They'll definitely, I think, be that last kind of playoff seed just because based on rankings in the division. Yes, absolutely. But um, moving forward from the Browns and the Colts, interested to see what happens in week six. But let's talk Viking Seahawks, the nail biter, the crazy down to the last second game. Um, is there really thing? Is there really anything else to say other than let Russ cook at this point? Let yeah. Russ cook. Let Russ cook, man. I mean, get Chef Curry out here in the stands for him. Cook it up. I don't care what it is, but when this man has the ball in any situation to win, throw throw a touchdown pass into a tight window. 
he just seems to make it happen. There's He's on a record pace for touchdowns in a season still after five weeks. And it's gonna it's remarkable to see what the Seahawks, who have always been a run-first team, have become in a season where they have fully let Russell Wilson take control. You said it. Russell Wilson, I might say it, is a top two, maybe the best quarterback in the NFL right now as of the first five weeks. And Seattle is good. I mean, DK Metcalf and Lockett, great weapons we've been talking about. Um, Chris Carson, I know that's their running back. I'm pretty sure I'm not too eh, eh about him. But like you said, let Russ cook. He's a winner. He knows how to win. He proved it against Minnesota. Granted, they're a one and four team, and Minnesota's had some banged up things here. Kirk Cousins is not playing like Kirk Cousins coming last year, but uh, Seattle is the team to beat. I think they have a big target on their back with that five and zero. If we talk Raiders and Chiefs, the Chiefs no longer have that target on their back. Granted, they're Super Bowl champs, but like they have a loss now. But everyone's going to be looking at chops every time they want to play against Seattle. But uh. You have to go through Russ, and Russ is going to stay cooking like he's in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he's up to, I want to say, 19 touchdowns or something through this many games. Um, So it's remarkable what he's been able to do so far. Um, The team around him, I mean, he's got very good receivers with Tyler Lockett, um, Greg Olson at the tight end position, even though he's not always the most productive because he's later in his career. Chris Carson can still catch passes out of the backfield. And then, of course, in my opinion, the main man on their team in the receiving core, DK Metcalf. Yes, right? DK. Yeah, I mean, somebody with that size and that stature that can go up and catch the ball, it's, it's, like playing, it's like playing jackpot in the backyard against friends that are way smaller than you. Like, I don't know what – Okay, I see how it is. Short joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't really. I, it's just it's impressive. They continue no matter if it's a tight game or not because they've been in two tight games now with the Minnesota Vikings and the Patriots, um, and been able to close it out in the closing seconds, which is the mark of a great team that can play under high pressure moments. So interested to see what they do moving forward. They stay undefeated on the other side of the ball. I don't know if he's listening to the podcast, but I'm sorry, Chappy, man. Like one, the one, the one in four Vikings, and it, it sucks because I don't look at the Vikings as a one in four team. I don't like. Yeah, you said they're banged up, and Kirk Cousins isn't playing the same way as he played last year. That's true. Adam Thielen's been looking great in year with injuries. Um, Dalvin Cook is still Dalvin Cook. They still have a solid defense. Like they're they're not a horrible team, and it's crazy to me that they are one. Don't get me wrong, they lost this nail biter to the Seahawks. They lost a nail biter to the Bills, and they played a tough schedule. Um, but moving forward, can they rebound? I, I, it's hard to come back when you're three games below 500, but it is still the early portion of the season. We're not even halfway through it. The Vikings, I believe, are a team that can still turn it around. But if they're going to do it, they got to start doing it now. So it is always tough for me to talk about other NFC North opponents. But you did say the Minnesota Vikings may be the best one and four team in the NFL right now. And Minnesota does have those dudes. I mean, the Dalvin Cook injury, see what goes on with there. I completely understand. But uh, I'm really interested to see if, like you said, will they rebound? And my last take about this game was, you kind of said it, it's funny, uh, DK Metcalf, like, in the backyard, jumping over friends. Like, I picture myself at Thanksgiving, always, like, 
mess around, play football with all my younger nephews, nieces, cousins, and they're all like shorter than me because like I'm older. That's the only reason why. And I'm just like awesome, and I feel like DK Metcalf. So I mean, I just want to make that analogy apparent here on the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, you got the next one, man. Yeah, so this will be my last game that I do yeah. want to talk about, and that game being the Raiders and the Chiefs. Now, yeah. the be. Raiders, I called it. This was my upset week. This was my – everyone's like, dude, why are you betting against them? Da, 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 da. I'm like, you know, I just had a feeling. Raiders beat the Saints. They beat the Chiefs. Aren't the Raiders good? They beat two yeah, they very are. good yeah. – I mean, my number one AFC team – from uh, our one of our first pot, one of our first episodes with my number one NFC team, both lost to this Raiders team. So I have to give them some credit now. Derek Carr playing like bad man Carr when he was almost having a MVP like season years ago before his injury. Josh Jacobs is the real deal. And you go to the receiving core. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was okay when he was with Philly, and uh, Henry Ruggs is a beast. Two receptions, 118 yards. Like that's always nice. But, I mean, I'm just saying some of their names would make up their team, and they're just so well coached, I think, at the end of the day. Gruden is such a football mastermind that he's going to abuse what the other team is bad at. He's going to make sure his dudes are in the right place to make sure that those bad things happen. Yeah, um, a few things, honestly. First off, I have, I do like seeing that the Raiders are performing well. I do believe that they're a team that was trending in the right direction, especially after last year. Um, it seems like Gruden's got a pretty good hold on his system there and that the players are starting to get into it, understand it. Derek Carr is starting to play at a really high level again, like you said, from his MVP season. Um, Josh Jacobs, again, yes, it's the real deal. And, like, even their draft pick. Like, I I didn't look at Henry Ruggs third and say, this guy's a baller and a first-round pick and deserves to be that. And don't get me wrong, he only had two catches. But he had 120 <laughs> Like, like I mean, they're looking good. They came out against a Chiefs team. My biggest take is the Chiefs are beatable. And, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's possible to do it. And Mahomes can be outplayed on any given night, apparently. Because Derek Carr outplayed him on that game. So, um, interested to see what's going to happen um, moving forward to the movie. Because, like you said, they've played tough opponents, and they still are 3-2. and two. And some of the games that they lost, like they lost the game against a Patriots team, which if Cam Newton had been healthy, they could have maybe even beat the Chiefs. And they could easily be a 3-1, and 4-1 and one team. Uh, depending on what situation. Um, but the Raiders are a good team, and we're starting to see that develop. I would continue. I mean, if they can beat Kansas City, they can beat anybody. And if Gruden continues to take this a team on the right trajectory, um, they could be a very solid playoff contender down the line, especially if Carr plays at an MVP level. Um on the other side of things, though, like we said, Mahomes, I mean, don't get me wrong, he still had like 350 yards and threw two touchdowns, but, yeah, they look beatable. And their defense, to me, hasn't been what it was towards the end of last year. You've got some good names on the side of that ball. You've got money back, back that's leading the defense, yet you're allowing 40 points against the Raiders. I mean, it's I know it's it's not like the Raiders are bad off, but... Again, anybody you can allow 40 points on regular basis, they're going to allow 30. Pretty easy to be on it. Like, you know, just seeing 
seems like a different defense than what they had when they were going into last year. So that and the fact that we actually saw a quarterback outplay Mahomes makes it seem like, okay, we can all stop talking about them being undefeated. Do they have a weak spot? Maybe. Yet again, they just signed Le'Veon Bell today. So who really knows what's going on? The <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs needed this loss. I know a lot of Chiefs fans are like, oh, you're Ooh, just hating. Da, 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 da. I think they needed it to first humble them to say, hey, y'all, we still got to put an effort because, you know, we can't just win every game. And also it gives them the less stress of performing that perfect season, being that best, best team in the NFL. They might drop the NFL power rankings, which that's what they were last year. I mean, granted, they were a very good ball club, but you know, we were all looking at Baltimore, Baltimore this, Baltimore that. They're about to kill it, you know, and do this. So now I think it's just going to be a little bit of a setback for them, and I think they need it to humble them, less stress, and now they can really see, okay, this is what we're bad at and how they exposed us. Now how can we fix those exposures, plug up those holes? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I sometimes it's hard agreeing with you on your points because, you know, sometimes I want to sit here and just be like, Nikki, let's make something happen. But <laughs> – I yeah, and Andy Reid, you know, at the helm, that'll be easy for them to do. Great coach, and I'm excited to see how they come back. Hopefully, Patrick Mahomes can come out and make that happen for him. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's going to do it, it is Mahomes. I mean, that's the only reason why I kind of took offense when you were saying Russell Wilson might be top two. I mean, to me, right now, he's top three. I got him at three, but. The way Aaron Rodgers is playing and then just the fact that Patrick Mahomes being who he is, um, that's who I got ahead of him on that. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, all three of those quarterbacks are lights out on any given day at the moment. So, um, interested to see what happens. Excited for week six. Uh, Moving on from week five real quick, uh, just some other games that did go on. Obviously, uh, the Panthers were able to keep the Falcons winless. They beat them by a touchdown. The Cardinals blow out the winless Jets. The Steelers beat an, an Eagles team that they were supposed to beat, just as the Rams and the Bengals did, and or the Rams and the Ravens did in their games. And then the Texans finally bouncing back and getting some positivity against the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, moving on, Week Six, man, are you excited? It's another week. Oh, of course, another week of football. I know Atlanta just had some positive uh, tests of COVID, so they won't be having. Um, their facility open and whatnot, so you hate to see that. But I am really excited for this week. Uh, you see what the Titans did against the Bills. Absolutely obliterated the Bills oh mafia as we were hyping them up last uh, game. And Derrick Henry just ragdolls Josh Norman. I thought this man was supposed to be a good corner. And Derrick Henry said, sorry, I guess I do too many curls. Um, Thank you for boosting my ego, Derrick Henry, because I'm going to go lift. So actually, I did that today. Did some strict curls hey. today. Shout out Derrick Henry. But uh, that hey. Titans team, I'm just like, whoa. Like, hold the phone here. They shouldn't be what they are. And I'm pulling up the week uh, six schedule here. And they play the Texans, which sadly, they might win against the Texans. So, they might be a 6-0 and team. That's a game I'm going to be looking forward to be watching. Of course, Carolina and Chicago. I think it's a winnable uh, Chicago game again, of course, because you know me. We already talked about Cleveland and Pittsburgh going to be a good game. And, I mean, I'm just looking. And the, the other big one is Green Bay versus Tampa. I think that's going to be such yeah. an exciting game. I think off the bye week, though, 
Matt LaFleur, whatever his name is, and Aaron Rodgers going off a bye week to play this Tampa team who just lost. Like, I'm really excited to see what happens there. Yep, some definite interesting matchups, I'd say, with the, obviously the Browns-Steelers game. I like the Bears-Panthers game. Um, and then the uh, Texans-Titans that you have already mentioned as well. The Packers-Bucks, though, I think that is this week's primetime matchup. The GOAT versus the most talented, question mark? I guess, I don't know. That's how you want to define it. But um, definitely some good games moving forward. We're going to see probably the return of Cam Newton, it seems, for the Patriots this weekend. Uh, The Chiefs and the Bills, that's going to be another great matchup. The Cardinals are going to go against the Cowboys with Andy Dalton stepping in. It's going to be interesting for everybody. But make sure to everybody that is out there listening, for our viewers and our auditory listeners, please put in your picks if you're doing that with us. I know we didn't have a Thursday night game this week, so you have a little bit of an extension. No excuses. Make sure they're in before the game. Hey, Zizzy, good point. I do want to give the fans the podcast, if you haven't followed me on Snapchat or on Twitter, uh, for the podcast. Your boy had the best record this week, and I told you on the last episode, I told you I'm making that comeback. An eleven okay. and three week. I had some of my things. Hey, granted, I knew I knew it. And it kind of makes me angry. The Colts, Bengals game kind of beat me because I had the Colts winning that one. But yeah. uh, here is our rankings. Mason Davis still at the head honcho with four win lead over Zach Novick, and right yep. behind him is Zizzy. And then hey, oh, gotta get some representation. I gotta apologize. My thing did not reload. We have a lot of people with fifty wins and whatnot. My Secondary device here is not loading it because it loves not loading. So <laughs> those were completely wrong. But, no, that still does stay standing. I have it on my phone about uh, them being in the lead. I can tell you that for sure. Here it is now. Zizzy, you are in second with 52. Mason's only up okay. by three above Novik with 57. And then my buddy Ben Alger is at 51. And then your boy came all the way from, like, He's back. 10th. I'm in the top five tied with our boys, Shy and Steve. Y'all better watch out. I'm in the 50 club, 50 burger. And, yeah, we don't care about the people except for Aaron Hilbert's terrible at pick them, So, All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, give me a closing remark, Mickey. Yes, I just want to say thanks to all the fans. Our views are going up. Shout out to Nolan Tubal for our last episode being interviewed. Yeah. Uh, that was a very fun interview. If you would like to be interviewed, please hit me up. Is our kind of new little segment, the Let's Go uh, interviews with Mickey. It's a really fun time. Gets you to get your story out there. We'd love to have you on. I'm reaching out to people, and it's a lot of fun. Means Izzy love doing this. We just want to say thank you. Shout out to even some of my coaches who I coach with. They've been telling me that they are listening, and even some of my people at the school I work at. So it's really cool that y'all are listening. And I just want to say thank you to all you. Yep. So, I mean, you're stealing words right out of my. All right, out of my mouth, man. I mean, thank you guys to everyone that's listening. We appreciate it. We do have a lot of fun. Uh, big thank you to Nolan from last week in the interview. Uh, I know we posted it this week, but still um, an amazing interview there. And it's awesome that we're able to branch out and start adding some new some new things to the podcast material. So our Let's Go interviews with Mickey Hines is going to be amazing. And it's awesome for us to be able to do that for you guys and get you guys involved as listeners. So we appreciate it. We have fun. Looking forward to continue doing it. We're a quarter century mark, everybody. 25. 25. Quarter century. So, we're going to keep on going. I'm stacking up the views, stacking up the videos. Keep going for you guys. All right. And with that being said, if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. 
Nikki here with Zizzy. Yeah, we talking about athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Nikki Zizzy podcast. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.